Hola! Do you want to hear more of The Men's Room? Subscribe to the best of The Men's Room podcast on Radio.com. Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. All right, hola, Pacholos, and uh, welcome to episode number four of The Greatest Story Never Told. I believe that Steve and I agreed that this one will simply be titled Journey. I'm thinking The Journey. You just want to go Journey? Journey, it sounds like it's about the band, and it almost is. It is. But The the journey, Journey sounds like an old man who says, like, the Walmart. Well, no, it's not that, because it's not solely about the band. It was a journey to get... To where we got to yeah. do the thing There's a double that we entendre. wanted to do. Exactly. I think it should be called Journey. Okay. Either one. Journey okay. then. Okay. A little backstory here as far as Steve and I's career. Before we met, before we got together as the show known as Out to Lunch, I know we have still a huge fan base out there, and God bless you because we get emails all the time. I've listened to you guys since Out to Lunch, which is kind of flattering. Either Very way, flattering. I worked at a, uh, a classic rock radio station, and part of my assignment uh, on the morning show was to go on Wednesdays for Media Day, and I covered the Baltimore Ravens. Now, at the same exact time, mm-hmm. uh, Steve was actually working in a different company, different radio station, yeah. different building, but they were the flagship station of the Baltimore Ravens. What Miles is saying is, I was the real deal, and then he just did some side things for your classic. That, that, that like, is correct. I yeah. had top billing there. Right. He, Steve actually ran the network, so if That's you're an true. affiliate in uh, Frederick, Maryland, or you're an affiliate in Pennsylvania or whatever, and you covered the broadcast of the Ravens on Sunday, Steve was the guy who sent that whole master broadcast down the line to all the affiliates that, that you know <laughs> carried, got- carried the game. And got in, in a lot of trouble. That's another story for another day. Uh, because we carry too much of affiliates, don't ever lean on the on button of a microphone sure. while dropping an F-bomb because your words go to all the affiliates. So we both had very unique experiences with the Baltimore Ravens individually as people before we ever met and were put together in a show. So, for an example, uh, there was a time where uh, Coach Billick, uh, he was tired of me asking him if I could go out and punt one. And he just kind of spaced, and at one point in time during a uh, during a practice, he's like, "All right, Montgomery, get out here. If you kick this field goal, the team does not have to run." And I said, "Coach, I told you I was a punter." And even on the head coaching level of an NFL guy, he still was confused the difference between punting and kicking. And I'm like, "I can't kick, but I'll try." So I'm like, "I'm going to take this opportunity. I go out there." I kick a ball square in the back of Ben Coates' ass, <laughs> who was a tight end who played in the NFL for about 12 yeah, or 13 yeah. years, spent the majority of his career playing for the New England Patriots, played for a while at the Ravens. I kicked him square in the ass with a ball. Needless to say, the team had to run. They were not happy with me. Uh, Ed Reed was pissed. Steve, you had different types of encounters with the Ravens. Set this up. Even with Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, all these guys that we knew but Ed differently. Ed Reed had a great and, – and this is honest to God. He was a rookie that year. We had to do all these kinds of uh, – at this point in our career, man, like Sam's Club appearances and all this. But he and I would show up like two hours early. I'm so glad he's in the Hall of Fame. Here's a guy, a young man at the time. And we would just wander just through like Sam's Steve. Club. Just like me. We'd wander through Sam's Club and just talk about life, man. And if you saw his Hall of Fame speech, he's in cool, as cool in person as he was then. But he's young; he doesn't know. He's just someone I always got along with. Uh, also, when you cover the Ravens as the flagship, you do more of the sports reporting. So, if uh, and I assume this is true of all NFL facilities, but you can go to the equivalent of their mess hall, their kitchen, if you will. And like anything, all the food's prepared and it's ready for them. And there's like a, a journalist area. You're entitled to all of the food, but just try to sit in your area. 
And uh, so I'm doing that. And, and I'm new in radio, man. This is great. And uh, they have a soft-serve ice cream machine. And I get myself some soft-serve ice cream. And then they have, uh, oh, the, the chocolate sprinkles or jimmies, depending on your nomenclature. Right? Mm-hmm. There's only a little bit left. I put the rest of my thing. I sit down. I'm eating. Because the thing is, you let the players eat first. There's no question about this. So I'm sitting with a journalist. Well, you don't realize... Because Ray Lewis is a superstar. He's not there at the same time as everyone else. He's doing interviews, all the rest of the crap. So he gets in late. I'm not thinking much about it. And then you hear, as only Ray Lewis, and he's behind me, as only Ray Lewis can say, who the f*** ate all the chocolate sprinkles? All right, so <laughs> so now I'm sitting at the journalist this table. This is a potential murder. Going, oh, my God. I didn't know Ray Lewis liked chocolate sprinkles on a soft serve, man. And I'm like, I'm sweating and everything. And the, the journalist across from me. They're doing that subtle head shake, like, don't, don't say anything, man, don't. And I'm like, I'm not going to say a word. But, also, but that's kind of the interaction that you also, have. Also, back to one thing that he left out, uh, the, the girl at the place they broadcast from had the hots for Steve. Yes. And uh, Ed Reed wanted to go out with her. Ed Reed had the hots for her. She liked me. And I kept yeah. telling him, so all he kept, that he kept money, talking trash the entire time. In yeah. the meantime, I'm covering the team. But we both have our own individual relationships with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, we, we start working together. Uh, a year goes by, and lo and behold, who do we get as a regular guest? Every but the, Tuesday. But the vice president, then president of the operations for the Baltimore Ravens, David Modell, who was the son of Art Modell, who brought the team from Cleveland. If you're listening in Ohio, Sorry. you know exactly who these two people are. You hate their guts. Either way, I will say this. Uh, David Modell, since this time has since passed on. Yes. He was having some medical difficulties, and he, lo and behold, he, he had some troubles. But but he used to come on our show every week, and he wanted to talk about nothing other than what David Modell wanted to talk about. So it was never about the Ravens. No. It was never about the team. It was chicks. It was cars. Yeah, was, he just. It was, he was he a guy's guy. He lay it down. But he is a guy probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So, like, we could say, hey, man, we went to the bar and hit on this chick. He'd be like. I was on a mega yacht, you know, right. and hit on a supermodel. Yeah. Like, it's the same story, but filtered for him. Correct. And uh, But he did this every Tuesday for a long time. But the thing about it was, uh, one of the shows we loved was broadcast out of D.C. They came on after us, the Don and Mike show. Okay, so Don and Mike were always very cool to me and Miles. We were we were upstarts. Don even said, when we first met him, he said, keep kicking ass. Best words I've ever heard. And uh, I don't remember the circumstance. I do. But David Modell. I and do. Don, Ger- Don Geronimo is a Redskins fan. I understand this. He's out of D.C. David Modell was on our show. And what was the situation where Don Geronimo and David Modell met, which I believe we inadvertently. Well, no. Here, here's what happened. So, basically, Don and Mike were in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. We broadcast out of our studios in Baltimore. So, Don and Mike would go to some of their affiliates and broadcast from those locations. They they were pretty big in Iowa, Sacramento, some other areas. Reno, believe it or not. Reno. Reno is what you make fun of it. They were yeah, huge. They, they, they loved Don and Mike. We loved Don and Mike. Don yes, and Mike were great. Absolutely. So, they broadcast from our radio station for one week. That's right. Up okay. in Baltimore, right. And so, when Modell came in, they, they hammed it up. And here Don Geronimo is, who is this guy that's in our minds, like, you know, somebody who you look up to in radio. If you're a listener... You just are completely highly entertained by these guys. I love these guys, man. I think so they're they're best awesome. show ever. Don Geronimo uh, figures out a way to get him and Mike O'Mara invited onto the field for a Ravens football game. But I don't keep think- in mind, by David David Modell has been visiting us every week for a year. He meets Don Geronimo, and to the credit, they did sure. hit it off. And now he 
and his partner get an invite to stand uh, on the sideline during Correct. a Ravens game. Now, keep in mind that Mike O'Mara didn't give two craps, nope. and he turned down the invitation <laughs> because he was a Washington fan, Washington football club fan. So, okay, so we joke around. Hey, man, what the F's going on? Why don't you ever invite us down there? We'd love to go see a game. He's like, if you can get down there, man, good luck. Keep in mind, he has invited Game on. He has invited John Geronimo, who he has met once. Game on. Come on down to the sideline and all that. Us like, bro, yeah. we've known you for a year. And you're like, you can get so, there. So, but 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 deep in our repertoire of things that we have, we have Ravens Press Land. That's right. We have That's all these right. things from just going up into practices, up into training camp, Steve broadcasting the games, going to all these places. We have some actual criteria. Well, it's all out of mind. it's all out of date. Sure. It's two years old. It's, it's a, all out of date. Just cover the year. We have some laminates. Uh-huh. Game on. We're gonna get down on this field. You know what I mean? You, you, Dave Modell, you said we can't get down there. What we're gonna show you. So of course, Steve and I show up to the game. We've got a master plan. The first plan that we need to figure out is to how how are we going to get into the stadium? Let's scalp tickets with because cash. We, we, don't, we don't have tickets. We don't even have tickets <laughs> right. to get into this. You know, I mean, they Phase just, one. Phase one. Hit the ATM. How much cash do you have? I don't have much, but we need to buy tickets right. so that we can start phase two of the yeah, plan. Correct. So our goal is we are going to get down on the field. Now, keep in mind this is post-9-11. So and the se- NFL. So security is at an all-time high. We do get our tickets, we scout them, and immediately we go into the radio or in the, in the stadium, MT Bank Stadium. And there is a ramp that sits on the backside where all the 18 wheelers go in, where all the stuff goes down. Food, this, uh, video equipment, sound equipment, all the stuff. That's, that's how we're getting in. However, we don't even realize we don't need our tickets because we just flash real quick and start walking fast. No, no, wait. It is important because we, we talked about this before we started our approach. We know we can get into the stadium. Once we're in the stadium, it's go time, all right? We're in the casino. Now Ocean's Eleven has to go into full effect. How do we get into the area that is reserved for employees or vendors or whatever? We agreed. Have your lanterns. Turn them backwards so no one sees the day. And then walk fast, look angry. And be confident. All right. So now we are in the Goodfellas zone of M&T Bank Stadium. It is us. It is NFL officials walking around. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, members of the Ravens band, if you want to call them that, yeah. were there Marching at the time. Marching band. Marching. You know, have some respect. They're terrible. They have catering down there. They have all this stuff. It's an old Colts band, so I couldn't stand them. Anyway, uh, they were good for what they did. But we we finagled our way down to close to where the locker rooms are. Now we are in. I mean, but we're in the bow. Keep in mind, we're in the bowels of the stadium, and the deeper you go. The fewer people there are, and when there's fewer people, the more scrutinized you get. So sure. you're walking oh, through catering yeah. and all that. Oh yeah, nobody cares. We've and got we've got two tickets that haven't even been scanned. <laughs> right, they haven't even been looked at that we paid for. Dumb move. Uh, at this point in time, we realize that to get to the actual field from the innards of the down part of the of the of the stadium is this long, dark hallway. And what now, I mean by I a long, this, by dark hallway, it looks like something from NFL films where like, they're dragging a Green Bay Packer through this old tunnel. Picture like a train tunnel, right, if you're at the end. So you just see this narrow tube, and then at the end, there's daylight. And that daylight was the staircase that led to the field. But I want you to understand something. 
We're not sober when we're doing this. No, we're not. We're, we are, we're we are, keeping it together, but we are high. We are drunk. That's part of the reason we, we thought this hammered. is a good idea. Yeah. And we have the confidence to go ask everyone, how do we get on the Raven sidelines? We need to go down there now. We need to meet with such, such, such. So, oh, God, I forgot we, that. Because yeah. you can't see. If you don't know the store is there, you, we had to get to the door. Door opens. Ah, at the end of this Huge, massive hallway. Really way too long of a hallway for it anyone. It is. To... I will say this. It's crazy. From the point that the Ravens leave their locker room to get to the field, they might as well run a goddamn marathon. It's like, a long way. Why is this so long, And it's man? only like enough for like two people to pass. Maybe. We start walking down this hallway. And All right. Keep in mind, we are, now we are excited because in our mind, we have said, dude, we have beaten the We have walked by no less than 350 yeah. people. Not one person checked our credentials. We got the comp. All we have to do is get to the end of this hall. And we are on the sideline. Now, game on, because we're only doing this to piss off David Modell. Because we think we can pull this off. Now, we come up to the very end. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Literally. No pun intended. There's a man sitting there with a clipboard. And we're like, there's one gatekeeper left. And by the way, this gatekeeper is a quick physical description. He has, like, feathered 70s hair and a solo stash, which at this time is, is ridiculous. Yeah. But he is there. Now, he notices that our credentials aren't exactly kosher, <laughs> as they he's would say the, in Baltimore. He's the first person to the notice that. that none of our, we don't have wristbands on. We have none of the things yeah. that you need, okay? Like nothing. But he knows this, and he looks at us. And he looks to me at the, at the point in time when uh, maybe a couple of years before doing this, when I worked at a classic rock station, it was- oh, no, a, Keep in mind, keep in mind. Before you even get there, the guy's like, fellas, I'm looking at your credentials. We're like, yeah. He's like, you got to be kidding me, man. I, I cannot let you on the field. Then we get to the point you're talking about. Yeah. He's about to like either call the cops or throw us out. So when I worked at the 70s station, I had the 70s name of Steve Austin before the wrestling days. Right. Because 70s meant Steve Austin, who was the $6 million man. That is correct. So this is a different reference point. Everybody on that show, kind of like the frog, you're like, hop along, Jackson, and all these crappy radio stations, so including stupid. this one. They give us fake names, Bill Pasher. So he gave me Steve Austin. <laughs> so the guy looks at me and he goes, Hey, hey, man, you're Steve Austin. You gave me journey tickets. Go on up. <laughs> so, so we're like, was, yeah, 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 bitch. So, so we go up, we go up on the field. Don't stop believing, mofo. Now, keep in mind, when we get up on the field, we know a lot of these people. So now we're kind of more in the comfort zone because we both know each individual well, players from, you know. There's a few weird moments of that. We make it up on the field, and it is surreal, right? Because the tunnel is almost deathly silent. You walk into the field, and it is just the ambient sound of a football mm-hmm. uh, stadium. So first thing, I remember Adelius Thomas. Yep. He was a defensive end at the time. I remember he did like a double take when he looked at us. Kind of looks at us, then looks back. And this is the guy. He was intense, and he's focused on the game. Mm-hmm. But his face changed so much when he saw us. And his face, basically what he conveyed is, what in the blue F are you guys doing here? Also, when we're standing there, this woman in the crowd, okay? Because we're trying to be subtle. We're trying to be cool. This woman in the crowd, I always remember this. My thrill, what are you dirtbags doing out there? Correct. That is exactly right. That and then brought some can, attention. That's, then, that then, is a quote. Then people started to scream at us, and an NFL guy starts to look over there. So at this point in time, now we are on the sidelines. The game has not begun yet. They're doing some warm-ups. And who is on the sidelines but the person who's supposed to be there? Don Geronimo. Now, as two kids basically, who are radio geeks. We're trying to get into this industry. Granted, we're in our 30s, but we're still geeks, and we're still kids at heart. And, and, and you know, we just – and he looks, and I, we, we're talking about advice. And he looks at both of us, and he goes, hey, 
Let me give you some advice from my wife, Frida, and she taught me this, but it's very important as he looked down on us. Dress like you belong. <laughs> Those are exact words. And we dressed in Ravens gear. We like dressed we on what Raven. we had, making you know Don Geronimo five bucks an hour. Is wearing a three-piece suit and looks like a million bucks. He's saying, "Oh no, keep in mind when the when the NFL guy, and I don't know what his deal is, but he's an important person with the NFL. Security is heightened, and I remember it's just an old dude kind of crotchety, and he comes over and he's like, his words are, "Quote: What is your function? What do you mean? Why are you on the field?" Why I'm a fan of the Baltimore Ravens. Do you work for the NFL? So, oh, no. Actually, our tax money went to pay for the stadium. Mm-hmm. So everyone that's here that's not from Baltimore is a guest of ours. Not the right thing to say. <laughs> no. But wait, wait. He's going to throw us out of this. But after him, we're going to be thrown out. Kiss my ass. So, so I turn and go, David! And David Modell turns around because he's talking to like two like official looking people. And he like shakes his head like, God damn it. <laughs> And he walks over and he goes, how in the f*** did you two get on this field? And we said, game on, motherfucker. Right. You challenged us to get down on this field. You should work on and security. And we're here. And he's like, God damn it. So he goes to Chad the Pink. But by the way, the NFL guy, he could not believe. Mm-hmm. When Miles yelled Modell's name, the look on the NFL guy's face is like, dude, you're clutching the straws. I know you don't know him. Modell's expression conveyed to the NFL guy, yes, I do know. I'm yeah. not happy, but I got in the NFL guy. Right. The look he gave us, I'm like, what you going to do now, player? Yeah. So Chad this- Steele, who is the director of communications, also uh, the guy, by the way, when you watch the Super Bowl, his job is the media liaison right. to the winning team of the Super Bowl and the, and the, and the, and the, and the He's losing the guy, team. He has his arm around like the quarterback and the coach. And Peyton Manning, you name it, right. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's, it's, it's Chad the Pink beside him. We nicknamed him Chad the Pink because he could pull off wearing pink. No, he couldn't pull it off. He thought but he, he wore purple to support the Ravens. So he comes over and goes, oh, God, why are you guys here? <laughs> Nobody's happy to see us. Nobody. Uh, but he slaps <laughs> a couple wristbands on us. Now we're good for about the first half. Yeah! Kiss but, my ass, NFL guy. But, but but honest to God, and this is why it ended, and this is why we we left. We left because turns out on an NFL football field, they don't serve beer. Right. We're not kidding. <laughs> and you can't get anything to drink, nor can you get anything to eat, because they're actually at the business of playing an NFL game at this point. Right, come on, we're standing on the Raven side. These are where the players are. So no, they're they playing, don't serve they're, beer. They're playing the San Francisco 49ers. I remember this because I think it was Ricky Waters or somebody like that who cut a corner and almost clipped everybody out. It was somebody that I I, I, I will just say this. The game ended with uh we had the game wrapped up. All you gotta do is kick the ball off. There's like two seconds left, all right? We kick the ball off, and I always remember this. They catch the ball, and we crush them in the backfield. Game over. Wait, there's a flag. We got to re-kick it. We back up. We kick, Two seconds left, whatever it is in the game. We kick the ball off. It lands in this guy's hands, and this dude turns the corner, and we can see that he has found a break. We know. When this guy ran by us, and I told Miles, I'm going to trip him. Dude, I'm going to trip him. I was like, do not trip him. I'm like, man, I don't care. I want my team to win. <laughs> what, I, was, I was, well, anyway, when the guy ran by you, there was a breeze. That is how fast these guys are. So just so you and know, we lost. Just so you know, as far as the challenge went, we as far as is is sneaking on to an NFL field in a very secure environment, we did it simply by acting like we knew what we were doing. We got down and there, journey tickets, and so the only just... and the only thing that saved our ass was a pair of journey tickets to Pier Six Amphitheater <laughs> in downtown Baltimore. And I will just say this on closing, because I think it's important to know. I was giving away journey tickets. 
I got Journey tickets for my whole family at that point in time. If they wanted to go, any friends, I got them. Journey is playing in Vegas in December on a residency. Okay. My daughters are going down there with me because they like Journey. I spent $400 freaking dollars <laughs> on tickets to see Journey in concert. And that's how, that's how shitty things have gotten in our life. And there's uh, episode four of The Greatest Story Never Told. Sorry, we ran out of time. We can't uh, talk about the incident. Oh, no. Yeah, we ran out of time. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush production.